I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. We're back. We're back. We're back with something silly. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Me too. It has been so long. Well, we were going to record this like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But then I had the sickness to end most sicknesses. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and now you're feeling better? I feel much better, and I feel like I'm finally catching up with all of the crap that I have to do, <laughs> which is a lot of crap. Yeah. So yeah, much yeah. crap. A lot of crap. I'm full of crap. Full of crap. I've been, <laughs> you know, I've been saying it for years, and you won't listen to me. I'm like, I don't think you've even known me that long. No, I've known you like three years, really? maybe. It mm-hmm. feels longer to me. I know. Tale like as old as time. Yeah, like in a, in a, po- like a positive way. I know. Thank Not you. in like a, uh <laughs> what a drag well, get and out. not in the fun rupaul way <laughs> uh, well today we're back with a silly episode to f- kind of fill some time we promised that this would be a galentine's day episode and then your girl got sick yeah uh so this is coming part into of galentine's day is making sure that it doesn't turn into that episode of parks and rec where everybody gets sick exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. so um actually i'm rebranding this episode as a kickoff to women's history month Woo! So we're not covering The Handmaid's Tale, but we're covering something pretty similar. Uh, We're we're covering Josie and the Pussycats, the movie. We are indeed. And man, I had such a good time watching this. I sure did. And I was really sad initially because we couldn't work it out where we could watch it together. But I wound up texting you all the ding dong day when I was watching it. So it was almost like we got to watch it together. Basically. Yeah. Um, But before we get into that, we're going to do some quick housekeeping Boo. <laughs> Calm oh, down, fun dad. Oh, wait. Do you mean not like cleaning the house? Because that's cool. Oh, okay. No. I was just... like, I'm not sweeping. <laughs> yeah. I refuse. The feminine mistake. <laughs> so I want to address some things that people have mentioned on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash red all over. I think that's all there is to it. Yeah. You'll find us. Um, yeah, just search red all over the podcast. So Sue Bernardi Johnson wants to know, if we can discuss other Atwood books that should be on everyone's radar. Do maybe, you, maybe? No, I mean, like, what are some you could just throw out now? Oh, <laughs> well, like Cat's Eye and the Mad Adam trilogy. Uh-huh. Uh, the Blind Assassin, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, probably others. I'm, like, literally just cribbing from my own bookshelf right now. That's fine. And I actually, <laughs> I haven't read other ones, so. I have two of her short story collections from the library, which are now five days overdue. And Uh-oh. I... Should do something about that. You're on the lamb. Dude, <laughs> listen, I renewed my library card mm-hmm. so I could just do the same crap I do all the time, which is get books from the library uh-huh. and then not read them and still pay overdue fines <laughs> on them. So it's like, you're welcome, Oakland Public Library. <laughs> well, those are our suggestions for other Atwood books you should read. No plans to cover other Atwood books as of yet, but hey, we're covering Josie and the Pussycat, so anything is possible. Oh, wait, Margaret Atwood didn't write that? <laughs> oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> she could have. You lied to me, Molly. <laughs> Rachel Ernst Stalhut says, Thank you for recommending the book of the unnamed midwife on your reading list. That book was gripping. I'm glad you liked it. I'm always happy to recommend that book. It's a bummer, but it's really good. Have you In- read the sequel yet? No, have you? I think it came out 
Yeah, it's uh, out. In, the, yeah. the Book of Edda is Yeah, which I was so happy to find out about because when I read that book, I was like, I need more Edda! Absolutely. And then Meg Ellison was like, here is more Edda. And I still haven't read it. Maybe I'll do that as a treat. That'd be great. I, I'm going to go to Booksmith tomorrow and probably buy it. And I've met, since since we've last spoken, I met Meg Ellison <gasps> and had just a great chat with her at a bar. And we're like friends now. Will she come on this podcast? I mean, she probably would. That would be great. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to play it cool because I think she's really, really cool. Yeah, I cool. mean, play cool. And I've seen her like three times now and I think I've done okay every but time. I love her social media presence. <sighs> I loved Book of the Unnamed Midwife. I would very much like uh, for her to be my friend or on my podcast. No, only my friend. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Well, then just on the podcast, I was just trying to not sound like a content whore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'll ask. Listen, I will ask. I didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I'm the only one here. So bad move. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only, um, that's sort of the only things, comments we had from our Facebook page. So I'd like to announce another special project that we've been teasing for a while, but we're finally going to bring to light. And that is do do March sadness. Ooh. Why? Why? <laughs> it's so sad. So March sadness is uh, <laughs> it's a parody of something sports related. Not really sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the NCAA uh-huh. college basketball tournament. Uh-huh. I, honey, like, I, everybody, honey, everybody knows about it, Molly. Honey, I haven't cared about being a double A since the eighth grade. Up top. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so it's our version of that and so we will be creating um it's our version of that yeah so the contempt (laughs) dripping from your person uh so we are creating an eight author bracket facing women against women to decide girl on girl violence y'all to decide who is the saddest author and who has the saddest body of work and so what we'll be doing is for the weeks of march uh not counting tomorrow which is the first day of march we just didn't have our shit together in time to do that and we're sorry but the real basketball one doesn't start till march 11th anyhow listen get off our backs we're doing the best we can i was sick for an entire week and i cannot stress to you all how much it destroyed my life. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so what we'll be doing starting next week, the second week in March, is we will be hijacking Woke Bay Wednesday. And they'll be Sad Girl Wednesday. For Sad Girl Wednesday for March (laughs) Sadness. And Kelly and I will each pick a side of the bracket. And we're going to each make a two-minute video arguing why our person is is sad in Mm -hmm. general, telling you a little bit about them. And then telling you why they deserve to win or the sadness, other person yeah. in their bracket. So there'll be two posts on Wednesday. Thursday, we'll post a poll for you to vote whose argument you found more compelling, which author you think is sadder. And Friday, we'll post who gets to move on into the bracket. And we'll we'll work through every author like that. Yep. yep. Until we find the saddest woman author of them all. You look really concerned, but I promise it's going to be okay, Molly. Okay, thank you. Molly, uh, I think this is, is this your first brackety thing? It is. Is oh my gosh! My first bracket actually. Listen, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, idiots the world over do this. Okay. Well, speaking of people who are not idiots, let's meet our March sadness contenders. Woo! <sighs> Y'all ready to cry? That is so amazing. I'm gonna take next week and make that like okay, a part of a movie. Okay. Do it. <laughs> 
your copious free time. Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes. So the first bracket, and we don't know which of us is defending which yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, yet. I have already forgotten who the contenders are. Well, let me so. read it to them right now. In the very the very first mashup is going to be Hispanic author Isabella Yande versus poet laureate Maya Angelou. Just Ooh. kidding. I'm not sure she was a poet laureate. We'll find out. She was the like official poet, whatever that is, for Bill Clinton. Okay, that is that. Poet oh, well, laureate. you know what? We'll do the research and we'll put it in the video. So the first bracket is Isabella Allende versus Maya Angelou. The second bracket, another great uh, Latinx author that I love, Sandra Cisneros Woo! versus Queen of California sad, Joan Didion. <laughs> You know what? I have a new life goal, which is to unseat Joan Didion as the queen of California sad. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. And you very well could. The next bracket. Hold on to your bells. Hold on to your jars. It's Sylvia Plath. And she's facing off against someone who is raising quite a ruckus. That is Lorraine Hansberry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't believe I've never watched sports because this is exactly how they do. <laughs> and the final bracket for your March sadness viewing pleasure. Who's afraid of her? She's been locked up in a room of her own, but now she's ready <laughs> to fight back. Give it up for Virginia Wolf. And she's facing off someone who is going to give you a big old case of the Nightwood. I'm talking about lesbian poet and authoress Juna Barnes. <laughs> So those are your March Sadness contenders. Please let us know on Facebook or Twitter which one you think is a front runner for most sad. And uh, we'll be coming at you next week, the second week in March, to uh, really face off. I'm really feeling good about this. Yeah, you know what? I was feeling very sad, girl, earlier today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been steadily improving because we had a delightful meal. Mm-hmm. We got to hang out. We haven't, mm-hmm. like, seen each other live and in person in mm-hmm. a while. But now after that raucous <laughs> intro to <laughs> to March Sadness, uh-huh. uh, I feel great. Good. They call me Vince McWoman. So um, I'm ready to get going. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's March Everyone Sadness. Everyone is fired. <laughs> that's March Sadness. So Podcast over. So yeah, you have that to look forward to. But now, let's cut all the crap. Let us get into... What year did it come out? 2001. Let's get into... The year it all changed. 2001's Josie and the Pussycats movie. Okay, so I looked up hella trivia yes. about this movie. Do I retain the names of persons? No. Okay. But I have a lot of factoids that I can share throughout Great. this. Great. Um, and I do want to say, in all seriousness, so this movie came out, I it was the summer between mm-hmm. me graduating from high school and me going to college. Okay. And I was nannying. And the girls that I was nannying loved this movie. And like their parents were like all fine with them watching it. <laughs> and we're watching it. And I'm like, this is a song about anal sex oh back door yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first song in the pretend movie. to be nice <laughs> uh clearly you've never had anal sex uh because the only reason to do so is to pretend to be nice um <laughs> i'm kidding some people really like it for some reason yeah i don't get it um you know finger is it fine hurts. yeah eh, anyway listen let's not get too graphic here but 
I loved the movie the first time that I saw it. And like, I had like the kid's dad had just like figured out how to burn CDs. So he like burnt me. But so I had the soundtrack, you know, and I had, I had my first car. So I was like listening to it in my busted disc man that I had to like shove between like the seats uh, to keep it stable. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't skip. Um, Anyway, it was a different time, but also this was pre nine 11 pre nine. Yeah. And the tone is crazy different to me oh, than really? like other stuff that was made after 9-11. That's like, so interesting. I don't know. I feel that there's this carefree, nothing can possibly go wrong <laughs> attitude <laughs> that, you know, I mean, and obviously like things that came out after 9-11 hadn't necessarily been shot after 9-11. Right. But like, I don't know, like... They certainly wouldn't have been so flippant about dying in plane crashes. <laughs> no! Oh my god! Just like, I don't even know that it's callous, but it, it really is this thing, it's like, it's very much like America's victory lap mm-hmm. just being like, we are the champions my friends <laughs> yeah. and we'll keep on fighting till September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> But I don't know, like, it's just, I don't know. And it may, it may be also, like, it was right before I went to college. So th- there's this very specific no, so, oh, divide in my life. Okay, I gotcha. Between uh-huh. this movie coming out and, like, the rest of my life. Do you want to feel real old? No, but tell me anyway. I'm going to tell you my experience watching this movie for the first time. I was nine or ten years old. Mm-hmm. And I... Oh, I could have been babysitting you? You absolutely could have been babysitting me. <laughs> Uh, so I feel like that's what you're doing now. Sometimes <laughs> I mean, I did you make did, you dinner. You made me dinner. You I cut, did. I did cut up your food. You cut up everything for me. <laughs> um, you're gonna read to me. I'm gonna and floss, you I'm gonna floss your teeth later. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do scare you for fun. You scare me a lot. And I actually I do get the vibe in our friendship that like you would have been the friend that like scared me all the time. Yeah. I mean, I did. Okay. <laughs> my best friend, who's still my best friend to this day, uh-huh. me and another friend of mine convinced her that we were becoming nuns at the age of thirteen. And she got really mad initially because we were like talking about it, like and not including Aww. her in the conversation. And then she was like, "You guys, I know what you're talking about." And then another time, I convinced her that I had, had sex with this adult man in my car. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she's still friends with me. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> love well, you, Pammy. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> um, so my experience. I'm sorry that I have been a bad person for my whole life. <laughs> so I was nine or ten, and I was at a. My friend Rachel Enriquez's sleepover, and Ra- I think we've mentioned her on the podcast before because she was like a fast friend. Like oh. she was like very mature mm-hmm. and like knew all. She had older brothers, so she knew a lot of stuff. And her mm-hmm. mom was like really, I wouldn't say laissez faire, but like hipper. She than- was permissive. Permissive, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it was. I and so that's like. <laughs> <laughs> we so we, I was at a sleepover at her house, and she put this movie on. Uh huh. And the first couple of minutes, I'm like, oh my god this movie's pg-13 yeah she didn't yep, yep. she didn't put it on the pre-approved list of sleepover movies i could watch i'm scared that's that wasn't a thing oh, okay was, like no, you no, have no. an actual list no no, no 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 because i was so listen feel better about yourself because i was the kid that would be like my movie. and like this woman literally was like well what the hell can you watch and i'm like i'm sorry that my mom sucks I think I said it out loud. I'm trying not to make Jesus cry. <laughs> I think I said it like quietly just so I could say that I had said that it. You had tried to object. Like, 
you guys, no, I'm not allowed to watch PG-13 movies. Okay, bye. I was once at a Southern Baptist sleepover where we were watching a Babysitter's Club video and we had to turn it off because they were using a Ouija board and Ouija boards are from the devil. Oh my God. If a thing is from the devil, you can't get a Southern Baptist near it. Oh my God. Mm -mm. Bar none. Mm -mm. So I watched this with Rachel and I was floored i loved it so much i loved it so so much and so as soon as did my- you get all the different levels no, of it okay not at all you were apparently the target audience for this wow well it like worked. well but i mean what's weird is that the directors whose names i don't remember but I like do. i have it what what are they deborah kaplan and harry elfont okay so oh those are the writers the director but i think they also directed it yeah, I think you. Yes, they're yeah. a writer director team. Yes. So they also did Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, which is my uh, my man master's favorite movie. Yeah, of all time. No, it's okay. Like I was top, like, what? It's in his top three. It's pretty good. It's very um, good. So they were like, "Oh my god, we're making this like clever satire. This is amazing." Uh-huh. And the studio, like somehow they never talked about this with the studio because they brought in all the marketing stuff and they were like, oh, you're selling this to 10 year old girls. Yeah. And it's like, how could you not have that conversation? And this movie was like too big to fail. It's so insane because can't hardly wait. I thought was reasonably successful. Yeah, me too. Even though it says in one of the scenes in like the underground (laughs) layer, that's like, can't hardly wait was underrated. I know. But like (laughs) you go into this team with, a pair of seasoned pros writing and directing. Mm-hmm. They have brought back a ton of the cast from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Adam uh, Duritz from Counting Crows wrote all the music. Babyface produced everything. Mm-hmm. And all of this kind of like brand star power, they didn't pay for any of these product placements. <laughs> which that was a huge criticism of the movie when it came out uh-huh. all of the critics like latched onto this and they were like well they should not be having this commercial this is all hypocritical that's the and joke no and i'm like were we as a society honestly that fucking simple and i think Ugh, that we were because like roger ebert was particularly vicious on this movie Ugh. and he said that josie and the pussycats are as dumb as the spice girl <gasps> and i take exception to both of those oh comments my gosh look i maintain that if like a hard day's night had never happened people would think that the spice girls movie was fucking brilliant totally because well the people spice world is marketed to don't get that reference yeah just like how i think the people who just in the pussycats is marketed to don't get that it's a satire yeah but but even so i mean i'm the exception and that's the other thing though it's perfectly functional it's not a satire these little girls were between the ages of like six and eight i think that i was watching they freaking loved it so i'll finish my story i adored it i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you with a bunch of dry facts whatever i love those facts i think they're nice and sloppy um so i went home and i was trying to be like very sly i was like mom um anyone learn me but uh we did watch a movie that was uh maybe uh, i don't know like uh pg-13 i said no i just wanted that on the record i did say no um but we kept watching it and uh i got i gotta say uh not that inappropriate i think i think 
like, we should watch it. So my, on the way home from the sleepover, I made my mom go to a blockbuster, rent Joseph and the Pussycats, immediately go home and watch it with my mom. Aww. And I was nervous the whole time because I'm like, oh, shit, I had a lot of chocolate milk. What if it's dirtier than I remember? Fuck. And I remember the part. That's how I feel every time I do anything with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And I remember the part where Alexandra says bitchy McBitch, and that uh-huh. was the only swear word I could uh-huh. remember. So I remember like waiting like on the edge of the couch and as she opens her mouth to say it I was like, <laughs> like do you do you think your mom fit. knew exactly what you were doing of course my mom knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing and she also could see that all of the dirty jokes of which there are several yeah went right over my head I didn't know what oh there was one joke I uh, will just get to it coming from we, behind with the lights down low that one i did definitely you know that this soundtrack album is not on spotify i am appalled i did know because i've been trying to listen to it all week um, i am like i think i might still have the disc back at my ex's house uh-huh like i kind of want to go get it you not know right now but they also have a vinyl pressing of it that <gasps> is purple with leopard spots i want it so bad. i also need this okay i don't even have a turntable right now i want to get one i'll put it oh, right there it's perfect um well let's just get right into yeah, it yeah anyway let's do that because i have plenty more facts to share those are good facts too by the way so did your version oh i know your version did because uh here's fun fact oh my god I, I are we talking about the universal yes freaking what the fuck were they thinking so if you have the dvd of which i accidentally bought three copies so i know <laughs> one of which is now mine yeah it is sitting on my shelf along with make it or break it star wars the prequels <laughs> and ever after uh, those are the only DVDs the you would think that I own. only ones you need. Well, you know, I have a bunch more in the closet. But. Okay. Well, I accidentally bought three copies of this. Don't drink an Amazon shop, kids. Um, Do it. <laughs> it's so fun. And so this DVD begins with a commercial for the oddest assortment of movies I, I have ever seen. Jaws 2. Uh-huh. Shadow of the Vampire. Uh-huh. No, it's... A, yes. Yeah. Uh, the Nutty... Was it The Nutty Professor 2 or The Nutty Professor the first? I believe it's the... F- First Nutty okay. Professor. Um, the Mummy, like a special jazzed up edition. Uh-huh. And I was like, did that movie deserve to be jazzed? Uh-huh. Granted, I loved being introduced to Rachel Weiss. Yes. Don't get me wrong. And the last movie in these seminal classics is Nick Cage's Family Man. Uh, also, Billy Elliot. Oh, yeah. Billy Elliot. What the fuck do all these things have? They, I mean, apparently they were all produced and or distributed by Universal. Jeez but I was Louise. like, read the room. Because, okay. Would you assume that a fan of Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> would want to watch any of these? Now, I loved Shadow of the Vampire. And I love Family Man. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I actually do. I think it's a nice movie. Maybe The Nutty Professor, because it's like a goofy movie, mm-hmm. not to be confused with The Goofy Movie. Which is excellent. Uh, that is true. It's the Leaning Tower <laughs> of Cheese. <laughs> oh, Polly oh, Shore. So Universal, just like here's a note. I realize that there's probably just like a dusty old warehouse <laughs> full of these first print Josie and the Pussycats DVDs from back when there was no interactive menu mm. and people were like, what's the DVD? Because <laughs> I guess 2001, yeah, that was the year that I got a DVD player of my own. Uh-huh. Wow. And the first movies that I purchased were Requiem for a Dream. One of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, have you mentioned that you watched that movie? No, I haven't mentioned it before. <laughs> I don't think that I have watched it many times and that I uh, am very dark and cool. And I have a high tolerance for upsetting things. <laughs> Gentlemen. <laughs> uh, my vaginal sabbatical ends in three weeks. Ow, ow, ow! 
No, seriously, I walked past a jackhammer today and I was like, oh, no wonder I'm cranky. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it was uh, Requiem for a Dream and I think like Dark City because I'm really cool alternative. I like Rufus Sewell a lot. Oh boy. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly's in both those movies. She really is. Anyway. What I thought was funny about this is on closer exploration of the DVD menu, uh, there is a CD-ROM interaction interaction (gasps) game that you can play with. Did you play it? No, because I don't have a computer with a fucking disk drive anymore. I'm like, I have an external disk drive. I bet we could. We should play it. Although I think it might only be a disk writer. I don't know if it's a disk read. Okay, listen, we'll investigate this later. So as soon as the music swells and begins on this movie, I get so excited. Okay, and here's what's nuts. I forgot that this movie leads off with fucking du jour. Oh, like, yeah. you go to see, <laughs> I'm just going to be like an old timey Hollywood producer. If I go to see a movie called Josie <laughs> and the Pussycats, the first thing I want to see is Josie and the Pussycats or a pussy <laughs> or both. Uh, that was the joke I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got that. That was probably the first part because like these kids were allowed to watch things that I was not allowed to watch. Oh, really? Like the only reason I saw Clueless was because the kids I babysat were they watching were it. Permissive. That's yeah. They were way permissive. <laughs> I was also that was also how I saw Spice World. <laughs> Whoa. I you know what? I still haven't seen Spice World because <gasps> my mom is wouldn't great. let me. Oh, my God. You love female friendship. That is what it is about. I know. I've yeah. seen only one part of Spice World. Anyhow. Well, we should maybe watch that the next time we need a palate yes. cleanser from the dark upsettingness of The Handmaid's Tale, which I, like, I'm like. i ready for. I'm ready for it, too. I don't think I was ready until now. I think they did a really mm-hmm. nice job of kind mm-hmm. of spacing out the seasons because... I just, I couldn't go back to there. Like, I rewatched I a couple of episodes when I was visiting a friend, and I was like, nope, too soon. I know. No, I feel good and ready, too. So it begins with DuJour, who is basically uh, a reprise of the band Love Burger from Can't Hardly Wait, because it has <laughs> a lot of the same members. It does, but the guy, Lars, who's mm-hmm. the only one who's credited. Well, because he's the only one that comes back later. Yeah. Well, but he also is the only one who wasn't extremely successful yeah. already uh-huh. um, by people who are going to be in a teen movie standards mm-hmm. he played the foreign exchange student yep and can't hardly mm-hmm. wait <laughs> my sex machine because <laughs> <laughs> well, i kept being like he looks so familiar yeah. but like i'm getting like you're foreign your aura is foreign <laughs> they are bombarded we don't really have to go so linearly uh yeah i mean like here's my question do people still hate enthusiastic teen girls and all the things that they like um haven't you been on any sort of social media yeah i'm <laughs> just checking every they're like the second a teen girl likes something you're like oh instagram so stupid Only all, all these girls are doing that oh the museum of ice cream so dumb oh, oh my god are you kidding museum ice cream have you not heard of the museum of ice cream wait is there really a museum of ice cream? Like, yeah. Where is it? <laughs> it's in downtown San Francisco. What? Has it been here the whole time? Yes. Why are people demonizing things teen girls like? Now find out about them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'll have this conversation with you about museum of ice cream offline. It looks like fun. We could go. Is it like the museum of color? Yes. Okay. Cool. Does that make you less excited? Like, yes. But I like ice cream way more than I enjoy colors. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Kelly Hannigan, not a fan of colors. They're fine. <laughs> They're around. She doesn't like primary colors. She doesn't like secondary colors. She doesn't like tertiary colors. None of that colors. <laughs> Ugh, don't even get me started on pastels. Ugh. So anyway, one thing that <laughs> yeah, I do find people do hate teenage girls mildly stuff. frustrating 
hmm. about this movie. Yeah. And the only thing that undercuts the awesomeness of the female friendship arc slightly, because the implication definitely is that Dujour is like beneath Josie and the Pussycats. Like, because like later, like Alexander has tickets to go see Dujour and they're like, oh, like Dujour sucks. And it's like, you're like a pop punk band. Yeah. America hates you now. You're not different than Dujour, yeah. really. Well, and I thought it was interesting that they made all of Dujour's branding pink. Yeah. Well, and just like, I, I don't think that was like way ahead of like dudes being okay in pink. Well, you have you have sort of feelers of this, right? Because you have like Carson Daly who like paints his nails and that's that's mm-hmm. Carson Daly's thing. Does he? Yeah, they in me- real life? They make mention of it in this movie. Does he paint them colors? Cuz you know how I feel about colors. <sighs> he paints them black, Kelly, like your soul. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. He paints them black. Um yeah, you're right. This this movie does kind of it, it it's experimenting with masculinity. Yeah. At the same time. And you're right. It doesn't make s- It is silly that Josie and the Pussycats as a band wouldn't like DuJour. But but Valerie does and Melody does. It's yeah. just Josie who has a chip on her shoulder. Well, <laughs> typical Josie. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but even otherwise, but I mean, it's a very silly movie. Like, it's not intended yeah. to be anything other than being, like, really silly. Yeah. So I should shut up. No, never shut up. Okay. So DuJour, which means family and means friendship. And actually means of the day, which is very funny. You get that double entendre. Dujour is... This kind of love is wrong, but you know it feels so right. <laughs> Running my hands across your cheeks are also smooth and white. Lying on, on my bed, bed staring up at the moon. You drive me crazy, gotta love you soon. I'm your backdoor lover. And that was... Coming from behind with the lights down low. Backdoor lover. Just you and me. No one has to know. <laughs> and I did not know until you mentioned it that that's a, a butt stuff. Song. I mean, if you didn't see this movie when you were, you know, a very frustrated 18 <laughs> year old virgin who knew about gay stuff from Rent. Um, <laughs> well, the thing I was realizing as I was watching this with my partner is I kept going like, oh, my God, this scene used to drive me crazy, like sexually. And he's like, he's literally just touching her back. Okay, that was so hot. Sploosh. Yeah, we, we'll get to that. I we'll mean, get again, to that. maybe just because I'm on sabbatical. No. As a very it was, it was frustrated 35-year-old near virgin again. <laughs> it was hot for me. And Did I've had sex within the last two months. <laughs> oh, you got re-virginized? No. Oh. My hymen grew back stronger than before. <laughs> now, now my hymen's like those things in cartoons where they hold onto the building and they have somebody jump on it and then they bounce. That's what it's going to do to you. Okay, so I won't put that on my. I think you program. should. No, no, I think stick you with should. abandoned hope. All you who enter her, I'm going to just stick it's with so that. Good. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I love. We're not even past the first scene. God help us. Uh, so we're discussing the philosophical underpinning yeah we'll be doing less of that as the movie continues i wrote i love turk from scrubs in this it was a simpler time before someone besmirched the good name of donald when there was donald's phase on and duck (laughs) so yeah donald i wrote down wiggity whack wyatt (laughs) how come he keeps doing that 
face. Oh my God. We'll get you a new face. Also, I didn't feel like that conflict was appropriately resolved. I felt like ownership no. of the original face should have been, should have been to restored him. to Seth Green from Breckenmeyer, and Breckenmeyer should have had to get a new face. See, this is bad. Wyatt is a bad manager, and it's not just that he is evil and killing mm-hmm. people willy nilly. It's not that- a good people manager. He doesn't listen. He's not fair. It's just, this is not how you build a bouncer. So you don't realize, but they're giving him the subliminal message to hear. And then Wyatt <laughs> says, <laughs> what? Because he says to the pilot. He says the most fucked up joke in this entire movie. You want to say it? So they decide that they're going to crash this plane because he's like, take the Chevy to the levee. It's a plan that they've had. And they both just jump out and like DuJour are all very dumb. Uh So one of them is like, oh, that guy in the parachute looks like Wyatt. But do you get why that's fucked up, though? The Chevy to the levee? Yeah, because it's from fucking American Pie. Yes. Which is a song about About a plane crash of musicians. Yeah. So, okay. The whole point of this movie, which is about the fact that all of the times that famous musicians have died, it was orchestrated by a shadowy board of government okay, figures. I just want to make sure everybody got that joke. <laughs> I got that. So yeah, so yeah, so DuJour ostensibly crashes and they decide they have to find a new band and then it goes spin around. No, it's actually it's a punk rock, rock prom queen. Brown paper magazine. Okay, you know Hotter than you've ever seen. Everywhere and in between. I love that song. Uh, it's great. Also, what I noticed on this round through, we didn't have the language for this when this movie came out, but all of the Pussycat songs are exclusively about fuckboys. Oh, exclusively and I'm like, about fuckboys. Now fuck boys. I know why I have such a weakness for fuckboys. <gasps> you just want there them to was pretend a to be nice. Yeah. On the uh-huh. baby face produced mm-hmm. Adam Duritz written Josie mm-hmm. and the Pussycat soundtrack album. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. 100% about fuckboys. And it kind of like, if we're going to be like deep on this, it kind of makes you wonder who Josie dated before. <laughs> who are, who are Did all she these guys? Date anybody before? Well, yeah, all these songs are about fuck boys and they are really specific that's true so either josie or val her songs are sung by the letters to cleo singer who has a name kayla kayla something i don't know letters to cleo Uh, which is beautiful who are also in 10 things i hate about you Mm -hmm. and their uh logo is on a shirt that adam scott wears a bunch in uh parks and recreation so he's also a fan what a cuck (laughs) Not. <laughs> <Scare> you. <laughs> oh, you were just saying stuff now. I'm bringing cucking back. What? <laughs> it begins with a great opening montage that does a really great job of showing you who each of the pussycats yes. are. I love it. I have always loved it. I will always love it. It's one of the several great montages in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, the joke that I was going to tell you that I didn't understand until I watched it as an adult was when uh, Melody's holding all the different signs. Honk if you love this. Honk if you love that. She has a song that says Honk if you love pussycats. Um, but it is blocked by a tree. <laughs> so this is Honk if you love pussy. And I think I straight up asked my mom what that meant. And she goes, it's kind of a, it's a rude word. <laughs> <laughs> and well, then like and didn't explain the further that, that i thought was amazing and it's again so 2001 the word pussy caused a car crash <laughs> well it was tara reed holding a sign honk if you love pussy she's so hot in this movie oh god she's so hot. like all three of them are 
They're so I kind hot. of died inside. And we talked about this in text <laughs> where I'm just like, man, I have never had the body for no. backless. And backless is all over this. All over this. And everybody looks great. Everybody looks so beautiful in this. Mm-hmm. And even Rosario Dawson, who is not, she's just very different than she looks today in, mm-hmm. in this. But she's so pretty, despite all the unflattering tops they put her in. Like, she is great. And she rocks, like, natural hair. And they they all just look amazing. They're uh, so pretty in this movie. Worth noting, Beyonce also tried out for that role, as did Aaliyah. <gasps> now, IMDb, I would really appreciate it if you would stop letting people post dumbass trivia, such oh, as God. Aaliyah tried out for this movie and then tragically and ironically died in a plane crash four months after it came like that's not trivia no okay that's not we know that that happened yeah it's sad um but i don't know better dead than a life with r kelly oh rough very rough it's a tough call kel yeah it's a tough call she might have gotten out of the r kelly thing maybe it's possible but he seems like he anyway we don't have time to get into R. Kelly, who's mm. running his own one-man Gilead. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. R. Kelly is so running a one-man Gilead. Yeah. Fuck R. Kelly. Yeah, we hate you, R. Kelly. Okay, but, like, on The Secret, though, Remix to Ignition is, like, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I don't listen to R. Kelly music. That's fine. Okay, I'm doing a bad <laughs> job. I realize it. Fuck the person. I like that one song very much. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, one thing I'd like to know about this movie is the female chemistry is so good. And that's such a hard thing to pull off. Well, and I think that you get such a sense. And I know because I watched the behind the scenes featurette is that like they're really close while filming this. Well, and what's also interesting is Tara Reid didn't have to audition at all <laughs> because she was coming off of American Pie. Oh. That's the other, when I talk about this movie being too big to fail. American Pie was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. I tricked an adult stranger man into buying me tickets to go see it <laughs> for me and my friends because we had to go see it. That's another one I still have not seen because I was not allowed to watch well, it. Well, and then two years later, my narc brother like <gasps> told on me. Oh, my God. It was like the tail end of me living at home. And he's like, Bleh. like I like told on him for something. He's like, well, you saw American Pie. And I'm like fuck you you little shithead man i forgot about that anyway it's gonna be a fun christmas this year um (laughs) so yeah so so you've got you've got carson daly yeah like aries spears was huge on mtv uh mad tv at the time you have like the mtv news people yeah well minus kurt loader they couldn't afford kurt loader but like i mean they have all everything should have been great Mm -hmm. this movie should have been so successful and it wasn't Anyway, it is a travesty. It is such, such a, a travesty. Movie. But so yeah, so everybody oh, oh, oh. is doing a great job. Zoe Deschanel tried out for Josie's role, Whoa. as did somebody else who's like in that whole mm-hmm. maybe the adorable thing. Ooh, can't think of any. I can't remember. I literally saw who it was, and I think there was a third. Oh, uh, Brandy also tried out for oh the role gosh. of Val. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, they were bringing in all these people and it was so funny to me because they were like, oh, and they cast the relative, the, you know, the unknown actress Rosario Dawson. But I was like, what about kids? What about? But it's like, oh, right. She was in all these like indie movies that nobody gave right. a fuck about. And like, and when you put in that context, it's like, oh, versus like a Beyonce. Yeah. Who everybody knew from Destiny's Child. Yeah. It, it You know, what's funny is like it could have been it. it it's such a better movie. But it gets regulated to the same pile as like a crossroads. Yeah. With Which Spears. I've also never seen for some reason. It's not good. Yeah. Um, but but it no, has but like I mean, a similar dynamic. This movie has dynamic. a good script. 
this movie is incredibly like, well the script for this movie isn't that like no it's like think about like an austin powers like the first yeah. austin powers like this script is like right up there with that one in my opinion and it still makes me laugh to this day yeah and I'm, oh my god i was cracking up there are so many clever like fourth wall breaking things yes. in this like let me talk about my my I didn't know this was my favorite character until this time. Is it Wiggity Whack Wyatt? No, it's Alexandria. Uh, see, I didn't like her the first time. I never have and liked I still her. Don't, I don't like Missy Pyle's face. I'll be totally honest right. with you. Right. Granted, uh, Scorpio Report. Here we go. Parker Posey, Missy Pyle, and Tara Reed, all Scorpios. Wow. And she mentions that. You know what's funny is... Uh, let's just go out of order. Yeah, so, I, uh, like, I, I don't think that. Okay, look, here's the basic plot. Josie and the Pussycats get recruited by Wyatt, who has just killed Dujour because he needs a new band for some secret shadowy thing. Uh-huh. And then we find out that they're putting subliminal messages in the songs to make the kids buy things. Mm-hmm. They make them buy orange shoes, which I heard is orange juice. And I was like, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so he is working with Fiona for Mega Records, and they are this, you know, uh, basically a front for, Mm -hmm. like, the government and planting all these, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. consumer-driven messages in pop music. So they get Josie and the Pussycats, and they're like, oh, you're going to, like, be playing, like, this big stadium show and all these things that, like... A week after they get signed. Yeah, and a week after they've been playing in a bowling alley Mm -hmm. to no one. Yeah. (laughs) And they turn Josie against Val and Melody. Mm-hmm. Melody? Melody, I read Melody, it okay. Get it? Because music. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Josie has, like, a boyfriend guy, Alan M., mm. who is the hottest guy in Riverdale. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't think he's that hot, although he'd won me over by the end. But also, he's so what people thought was attractive in 2001. 100%. Also... The people at Archie Comics insisted that there be a scene in that montage at the beginning of them brushing their teeth to maintain Josie and the Pussycat's wholesome image. That is funny. It is so stupid. I'm like, what half-drunk idiot was like, hey, remember they're wholesome. (laughs) Yeah, brush your teeth, but don't put deodorant on because that implies they have armpits and armpits are the devil's orifice. I thought you were going to say because of the aluminum, but... Oh, yeah, well, that too. Be careful, guys. Josie finds out about the subliminal messages and she tries to foil their plan, but Wyatt and Fiona threaten to blow up Mel and Val, who I'm really struggling to not call Rosario Dawson. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll play this show, but like they destroy their subliminal message machine and then like okay well we're just gonna play a song and they do and like good thing they don't suck because there's a billion people there yeah and then alan m is like oh i like you too josie and that's like the end of the movie okay so now we got the plot out of the way i want to go back to um wiggity whack wyatt no (laughs) i'm never gonna stop saying that so there's a part at the end where circumstances collide and tara reed is fighting her actual boyfriend carson daly okay but they met that they met in that scene oh i thought that's what what the joke of it was i did too but that was when they met and i think perhaps their relationship like started as like this public relations gambit but they got engaged yeah and then she got that tragic boob job and it makes me so sad i know she had such pretty boobs like regular she looked amazing she did give me some 
body bad feelings when I was younger, but that's not a, that's Aww. not her that's not her fault. That's my fault. Yeah, um, I mean like you know it was interesting because I thought maybe I would have bad body feelings watching it this time, but it was pretty neutral. I was yeah. like, you know, you just don't look like that, Kells. I'm in a good spot. Um I need to find slutty clothes that fit my frame and that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Cause I miss slutty clothes. V necks, baby. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Okay, so she's I call it fighting business slutty. <laughs> uh, so she's fighting with Carson Daly, uh, and because they've sent this is I a very weird. This turn. scene <laughs> is like one of my favorite scenes, though, because they get sent to, to TRL because TRL was the yeah, thing. That's what people at tell the me. Time. Yeah. And um, oh my god, like I didn't have cable, mm-hmm. so again, very unpopular. Um, but like just. TRL was like appointment viewing, mm-hmm. especially in the summertime. Right. Um, anyway, God, it was such a simple time. Ugh. Nobody even had cell phones. No one did. I mean, like we had them, but they were like little Nokia bricks. Ugh. Um, okay. Anyway, um, I'll stop talking about the bad old days, <laughs> but, um, they go to TRL, but it's like a fake ass TRL. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've like made the effort to make it seem like a fake TRL, yeah. which seems like excessive. Seems like a lot. Because then Aries Spears shows up and he's like, I'm Carson Daly. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like doing all these impressions. And because Carson Daly and then uh, Aries Spears, they're part of the conspiracy. So they're trying to kill them. Right. But the plan goes horribly awry. But anyway, so make your point. In the process of him fighting melody they kind of are flirting with each other and so they say what sign are you and she goes i'm a scorpio and he says me too and out loud no, in my he says he's a cancer okay fine okay she's a scorpio oh oh it's us mm-hmm. oh baby <laughs> that makes what i'm gonna say next real mean uh <laughs> lay it on me lay it on me you crusty crab uh, i was sitting in my apartment at like eleven thirty last night and i said out loud Fuck you, Kelly Anakin. <laughs> fuck you so much, you piece of shit. Oh, it goes, I said out loud, fuck you, Kelly Anakin. Because <laughs> I was just like, I knew, I knew she was going to bring it up. And I heard it and I just said, the na na, na 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 na, na na na, na 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 na. Anyway. I hate all Scorpios. <laughs> I'm no, so you glad your season Do is you over. hate Parker Posey and Sarah Reed and Missy Pyle. I do now. Mm, that is racist. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Sanchez, racist against Scorpio. Well, you don't like color, so there we are. <laughs> um, oh, I dropped my phone. That's okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> Who cares? It's not a new Kia brick. <laughs> yeah, the female chemistry is great in this movie, and and I think that's a hard that's a harder thing to fake than um like women and man like love. Um, chemistry. Yeah, because we're all just faking that all the time, aren't we? <laughs> but I think you especially see it with like how like physically affectionate they are with each other. Yeah. I think that's something that people who don't have female friends forget. And mm-hmm. so when they're acting, they're like, no, you are my best friend. Whereas like female friends are like, Aww. I need you to tell me. Molly just put her head on my boob. Yeah, you I know, did. Like a female friend. Female friends do that. So I really appreciate that about this. And genuinely, it passes the Bechdel test unless you consider the music industry to be a man, which I do not. I mean, they don't name any of the men in their songs. Yeah. Except she does say at the end that Spin Around is about Alan M. But even like Alan M is so dorky and, and doofy. Sweet. I do want, I'm like, how come Val and Melody don't date anybody? Yeah. Like, maybe they're dating each other. <sighs> they're not. They're not. Val would never put up with Melody's bullshit. No, 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 no. In no. an intimate setting. I'm trying. Oh, in, um, 
in Archie Comics, Valdate. It's a whole arc. Oh, there's a there's an arc of Archie Comics where Valdate's Archie, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal because Archie has never dated outside of his race. Yeah, so there's mm-hmm. a whole like extra comic that you can read that's about Val's life marrying Archie. What? It's good. It's good. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, I love how they were like, make sure they're brushing their teeth because it's wholesome and now fucking Riverdale is a show. <laughs> I know. And like Archie's like murdering people and fucking his teacher. <laughs> I am still genuinely surprised that Riverdale is A, a thing and B, a thing people really like. <laughs> I, I don't get, get it. it. Like, it, I see the promos every time that I watch Jane the Virgin or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and I'm like, still? Yeah. Like, I, her? And I know she she is it funny or something? It's not. It's I don't very it. extra. Weird. And I love Archie Comics too, and I I have no desire. I don't, but I love dark things. Oh, you I'm do. I'm very cool and alternative. Uh, well, so maybe would you ever watch a Josie and the Pussycats TV show? I think actually yeah, they have a presence I mean, Josie, in Riverdale. Josie is in the show. I think. Oh, really? I think Josie is black in oh, that's the cool. show. I'm not sure though. Okay. I just know I've seen somebody wearing the leopard ears. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Riverdale fans, let us know. <laughs> or don't. I don't we care. assume you're out there. I love when they're trying to convince them that they should be Josie and the Pussycats instead of the Pussycats. The Pussycats. And they're like, oh, think of all these bands, you know, that had a, a front person. But I'm like, and like they name like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. And they're like, what about fucking du jour? Yeah. They were an ensemble. This is discrimination against women. Wow, it really is. They're You're creating right. conflict amongst women to sell records. Ugh, I hate it. Can we talk real quick about Wickedy Whack Wyatt? Yes. There is, toward the end of the film, Alan Cumming. I think it's in the scene where he tricks Josie into listening to mm-hmm. the supplemental messages and tells her that Alan M said his gig got canceled. Oh, oh my God. It's absurd. It's very sad. But anyway, but he's wearing this amazing like rose gold ensemble. Mm-hmm. This was way before rose gold was even a thing. All the fashion in this movie is great. Okay. I hate Fiona's outfits. Okay. Because they look really cheaply made. Okay. And I'm sure they didn't have like a huge costuming budget. Well, one of her dresses is literally made out of CD cases, but go yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm just saying like if you made this movie now and you did mm-hmm. that, like it would look fucking on point. Yeah. Like, we've had enough seasons of Project Runway that you can just oh, yeah. get somebody who got kicked out early. I could do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, and they got, like, I think, like, Steve Madden and a bunch of the other brands gave them clothes to I wear. Love Steve Madden. I also Back in the Madden. day. Oh, fucking and give me some candies and do, some Steve Madden. They wanted to do a campaign with The Gap because it was, they were doing, like, everybody khakis, everybody jeans. I don't even remember this. It would probably be post- uh, the jump, jive, and whale. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, it was like, oh, like everybody, and they wanted to do like everybody leopard, but the gap was like, we don't want to That's not cool. Ugh. But like everybody else was just like, yeah, like it's free product placement. But like a bunch of brands read the script and they were like, we don't like that. It's critical. So I think that's funny though, because then they have to get creative with what would it look like if Target sponsored a hotel room yeah my favorite is the mcdonald's bathroom with the loofah shaped like the french fries but what i also love and i laughed out loud i'm laughing now if you're happy and you know clap your hands and she keeps dropping a sponge and she can't stop and that's her whole internal monologue there's a couple (laughs) melody lines that are so funny Uh, and tara reed does such a good job so cute listen i'm 
firmly team Tara Reid because if you look at her American Pie character, mm-hmm. she's this sort of like together, like motivated, like college bound mm-hmm. woman. And here she's just this total spaz. Yeah. And I'm like, that's range people. That is You've done Tara Reid wrong. We really did. Somebody make a vehicle for her that's not Sharknado, please. Right? I don't think they're gonna. Ugh. We'll do it. Tara, we got you. Don't worry. BB. BB. Scorpio powers activate. Ugh. <laughs> hate you all. Um, so I was g- beginning to say that Alexandra, who is played by Missy Pyle, you said is her name. Uh, she plays also Scorpio. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, she plays. She has an analog in in the original source material, and she's just like the token, like mean character that you mm-hmm. like. And there's one part where she's in the plane with them, and Alexander Cabot, who's their their manager says like why are you even here no, and she goes i think it's somebody else says that no he says, oh, he it. says that he says it to her he goes why are you even here and she goes it's because i was in the comic he says what and she goes nothing <laughs> it's such a funny throw she has a bunch of throwaway lines where it's like she's the only one that's in on the fourth wall yeah. breaking like my uh, my second favorite joke of hers is when it's the the final scene and they're tied up and du jour comes to save him and she rips the thing off her mouth and she's like oh my god it's du jour <laughs> puts it back on it's so nobody funny nobody rocks the house like du jour <laughs> What is your favorite song, do you think? I think it's Pretend to Be Nice. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, listening to the lyrics, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. This is my whole dating history. And then I broke out in hives. Oh, no. I didn't really. (laughs) I think my favorite is Three Small Words. Just because I like, I like the that build up gets, to it. And even before we said we were going to do this, and even before I watched it, I get that song stuck in my head constantly. Absolutely. It was funny. Sam and I, my friend Sam DeSalvo and I were doing a uh, photo shoot for a show that we're doing, and we had to like be jazzed in the pictures, uh-huh. and we just started singing Josie and the Pussycast to <laughs> And I think those photos are going to come out great because we did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my favorite song. Um, when I was in elementary school, again, I harbored the fantasy of having a band called Red Velvet Orange Crash just because of, of this. Uh, despite the fact that neither me or my friend could play any music or sing we're just like this is our band i'm orange crush you're red velvet it's fine we'll do it listen i always want to have a band called k-star and the plagiarists (laughs) where we just do cut you know like a cover band that's great i know and then amy and i always wanted to have a white stripes cover band called skirt and she would be the Meg and I would be the Jack, which now in retrospect now is, is like, wow. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be a dude. <laughs> you know, true. like true. not being a dude is the only thing holding me back from being the problem with the world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. It's true. Oh, boy. But every song on this is a winner. It's so good. The other note that I wrote, because I did like all of the fashion in this, even the ones that you didn't like. I wrote, I, I need every Urban Decay palette from this sh- this movie. I have an Urban Decay palette that is heavy metals. That's yes. like a lot of those same shades. I was like, you need to step it up. I know. As- when Tara Reid was wearing the yellow, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, Kelly, just live your truth. I know. Where are the eyeshadows? Everybody's eyeshadow looks gorgeous in this their body their clavicle glitter glitter is mm-hmm. amazing they had so many temporary tattoos i know that was the other thing i was thinking so 
I was just thinking like, wow, remember when we used to have so many appliques? We kind of don't do that anymore. Yeah. Maybe we should. Okay, so what I do love about Fiona's character is when she has them come down to oh her room God. at the record launch party. If you like those dumbass body polka dots, I swear to no. God. Okay. No, 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 no. This is a character thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I moved from aesthetics okay, gotcha. to sorry. pathos. But when she's like asking Josie, like, how much do you weigh? Like, <sighs> ha ha, I weigh three pounds less than you. And I was like... Like, that's so how I feel inside sometimes. Like, I don't know how it was just such a true female experience, like this weird thing. Or the eating, not even eating, holding a Cheeto and then putting it down and saying, I'm such a pig. It was Pringles. Okay. Respect the product. She was going to eat a Pringle and she put it down saying, I'm such a pig. No, and I mean, they're all heartbreaking. But I loved it because, like, they were all like, why are you insane? I know. I thought that was sweet. I think that was on purpose. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Parker Posey was a nightmare in this movie. Really? She pretty much only did it. She had been like an indie darling up until this point, and I don't think Mm -hmm. had done any studio films. Mm -hmm. And she had just bought an apartment in New York City, and she kept like complaining to people and saying, well, this is like paying for my apartment. But apparently, like, eventually, like, Alan Cumming was like, can we just have fun, please? Because, like, Alan Cumming, I mean, Alan Cumming seems like the funnest person on the planet. Also, God bless him. What a big, like, body of work. Like, he can do really serious stuff and then do silly, billy stuff like this. And he's in Spice World. Mm -hmm. He's also in that, I've heard. (sighs) Did you ever read the article in the New York Times about how he'd, like, have people back to his dressing room after performances of Cabaret and they'd all have soup? No, I love that. Um, I love soup. Yeah, I'll find that article and I'll send it to you. But like, Please do. It's just like this beautiful salon. And I'm like, why? You know, like on Family Guy, when Stewie watches um, Jolly Jolly Farm, mm-hmm. whatever, and mm-hmm. he's like, I should be there, not here. That was me <laughs> reading that article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to want to be famous. And now I just want brands I tweet at to engage with me. Yeah. The Alienist did the other day. Diet Coke is the new Pepsi One. I don't know why I said that. Who drinks Pepsi One? Who drinks Pepsi? I don't know, but whenever you meet one in the wild, they're real adamant about it. I just don't know how it can be such a big brand when everyone that I know hates it. Yeah, I do. Is it like a blue state, red state thing? Maybe. Uh, Redheads, let us know if you like Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) I like Pepsi and I am unsubscribing from your podcast. I was okay with the hymen as a trampoline joke, but this was a step too far. I now hate Scorpios and you. Mm, Well, I'm okay with one of those. (laughs) Racist. This movie's jerking. I love it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, and the reveal. Okay. Like, again, it's a very silly movie, but, like, the reveal that, like, Fiona's whole message at the end was, like, just trying to get people to think she was cool. I'm like, but you didn't even say your last name. I know. They're going to look at... It could be any Fiona. It could be the Fiona from Shrek. Yeah, Shrek it out. It could be Fiona the baby hippo. Oh, who you love. mm, I love her so much. I have a sticker of her on my laptop. Let's put a subliminal message in this right now. About Fiona the baby hippo? No, about anything you want. Oh, okay. Molly and Kelly are so attractive. You should give Kelly and Molly the best jobs. You should review them on iTunes. Not in a mean way. Give them five stars on iTunes. Send money to their Venmo. Lots of money to their Venmo. Lots and lots of money. Venmo, red all over. Venmo, red all over. Venmo, red all over. (laughs) Buy a t-shirt from out of print. Not anymore. Just kidding. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. The red... (laughs) 
<laughs> now we're just doing exercises. Gosh, what a, a- great E-I-O-U. I would like to talk about the most sexual thing in a movie ever. <sighs> Listen, you said this to me. Well, and I was like, eh, 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 he's not all that. And then this happened and I was like, Kersploosh. I know. I sent, so the moment I'm referring to was a moment that gave me bathing suit feelings the very first time I saw this movie as a nine or 10 year old and still made me feel that same way as a 26 year old is the moment when Alan M comes into Josie's dressing room. First of all, it was always and probably still is my fantasy to have someone change their perception of me and realize that I'm hot. Oh, that is like my greatest fantasy too. I just, I constantly am searching for like the take off my glasses moment, even though I do not wear glasses. She's all batting. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I do, I do it, but I don't get like, I get like people think, wow. I used But to- I don't get somebody being like, I'm a slave <laughs> for you. It used to happen more. I think maybe my problem is that I'm thinking that I'm wanting to attract gay guys. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> <laughs> How come boys never think Britney Spears to me? Why that no happen? <laughs> um so he comes in she's looking beautiful they do also make a point that Josie always alters her clothes too which I think is important because it shows Uh that she doesn't buy into the buying that music is selling her she also fixes Alan M's truck for him in a cute gender reversal I love it and he writes a song about her fixing his car why is this the ideal relationship oh my god so anyway so he comes into the room she's cut the shit out of this dress which i imagine was a turtleneck before and is now a whoop like a j-lo at the grammys <laughs> kind of dress did you know the j-lo at the grammys dress was kept in place with like double-sided tape yes did you know that was like the most searched that was like the reason that we have search engines <gasps> no <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true like that spiked the need to be I like i feel like we're doing so many early internet facts today and it makes me so happy it's great ask jeeves about it um <laughs> Anyhow, so he comes. I might in. apply for a job there. That's still a thing. It's still. It's just ask dot com, but oh, I know. they're located in Oakland. Okay, I have questions. I just don't want to commute to San Francisco. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Please give me a job, <laughs> Kelly Anakin dot squarespace dot com. That's my portfolio. So he, she asks if he can fix this chain on the back of her dress and she turns around to reveal she has a backless dress and this chain goes all the way down to like her lower back remember infinity bracelets it's like that but for your back (laughs) yeah (laughs) sure listen i'm sorry you were nine and you didn't know it was cool (laughs) um so he untangles this chain and and then he Fleetwood Mac like, kicks in and they're like, he'll never break the chain. <laughs> but he does. Um, it falls. He doesn't break it. No. He fixes it. It falls down her back. And as instead of like taking his hands off of her, he slides the back of his hands behind the chain from honestly very low on her back from like mm-hmm. her low back up to the nape of her neck. And I fucking came. I, I came. Um, I, I was little I, I and I didn't know what. I just like press pause and go rub one out right now. Like just oh hearing it described. It's so sensual. And I, I felt like such a dorkist because I said all this to Mitch. I'm like, Mitch, this is so sexy. This is going to be great. Look at this. This is just fucking erotic scene. He's like, he he touched her back. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Does he ever touch your back? Yeah, sure. Lots of times. Like that though? No. Mm. <laughs> not at once. Molly, if you're not getting your needs met. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, just but kidding. I mean, no, but it is just like, God, dudes do better. 
touch uh, my back it's it's very sensual i think the text i sent you about it was just the water emoji it was over like and over and over and over and over and you again. guys know what we mean so that was <laughs> worth it um that's a late stage internet fact mm-hmm. boy i think that's a lot of what i wanted to say except for i don't think this movie got its due as a satire it's a great satire. oh no absolutely not it's a very fun sweet well-written movie and the songs are killer that's a fun fact that i'm sure you were gonna bring up is that this movie was a critical failure but the album went gold that's insane isn't that insane i was not gonna say that because somehow that didn't come up in my researches no the album went gold and yet it's still not on spotify that is bullshit because it's such a great album it's probably a weird licensing thing because the lyrics were written by the people who wrote the script Mm -hmm. uh produced by babyface and Mm -hmm. then the the music was by adam duritz so i need it music licensing is a nightmare but yeah the only other thing i was gonna say i didn't hate the like turn val against josie plotline as much this time in part because Uh i loved the babyface cameo where he was the chief uh, uh who used because i was like what and i like i was like was that a real thing and I, I was like okay no that's a joke but like i did not clock that at all in the past yeah. but it's just like you know it was the chief and captain and Tennille. i'm I like oh my god this is the first time i they got that level keep us together it didn't <laughs> and then he goes how are you gonna be a captain if you don't wear a hat and the hat that he wears is, <laughs> is the headdress so it really doesn't make sense oh my god but that's actually i mean it has so many great salient points about how we feed on these tragedies mm-hmm. of people's lives and how we like we we are the machine that ch- eats people up and spits them out would you say that we are the world I would say we are the future. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know the rest mm. of the words of that song. <laughs> and also something else that Manmaster Mitch pointed out to me while he was not touching my back was that he's like, this is this even this kind of movie can't exist anymore because the music industry does not have as much clout as they did mm, at the height not. of their game in the nineties. If you could stream all this stuff, none of the story just wouldn't happen. No, and it's just yeah, like it was just such a different time. And it's such a it, it's a good um like Wyatt has a cell phone because Wyatt is an asshole. Yeah. Like from the eighties through, <laughs> you know, the mid aughts, uh-huh. that was like a really great shorthand to be like, this person is an asshole if they had a car phone or a cell uh-huh. phone. Oh, and I think that yeah, absolutely. And that was like the way you could tell. I think the guys in like trading places have a car phone mm-hmm. and like Richie Rich has a car yeah. phone. Uh so only Fucking like shitty. I actually people. really love the Richie Rich movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm more of a Dennis the Menace man myself. Ah! But, <laughs> um, Boo. but I think this movie straddles a really hard line. Lo- I, I, it, it masters something that's really difficult in that it is such a scrapbook of that time. Yeah. Without feeling so dated. I know because it's like the whole thing, like the jokes are dated, like the way that mm-hmm. everything wraps up with Fiona and Wyatt, wiggity whack Wyatt. Where he was white ass Wally, the albino kid, and she was lisping Lisa. Like, mm-hmm. A, you can never do that now. No, no, no. B, like, just that kind of reveal, people won't put up with that anymore. No. But I also am like watching them, like, I'm like, oh, this is like very much like how I r- would write comedy. Yeah. I'd be like, surprise! It was a different thing the whole time. I know. Good night. Uh, one note on Wiggity Wiggity Wyatt is, do you think that this is a nod to his character in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion? They, okay, somebody said in mm. IMDb Trivia mm. that 
it seemed like they probably like were like because he has that line about you'll be the most successful person at your 10-year reunion uh-huh. so like maybe but mm-hmm. it, he doesn't quite break the fourth wall in the same way that alexandra does mm-hmm. so it's like very ambiguous but anyway yeah. i just wanted to punch a lot of the people that wrote the trivia on imdb i know um it was it's just like I don't know. Be more like Wikipedia, IMDb. <laughs> Quit making your original content. Focus on the facts. Ugh. Well, this is a great movie, and that's a fact for sure. Absolutely. I love it. And Now, I was trying to think of if I would let my 9 or 10-year-old daughter watch this, and I say a resounding yes. Absolutely. The things like- that are sexual will go over your head. Like, the, the, the explicitly sexual thing they say is... <gasps> You slept with it. <laughs> like, if they asked me, I would just say like, yeah, that's a that's a dating thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That happens sometimes. Like, it's, it's fine. It's yeah. all fine. I'm not going to have kids, so I never have to answer these questions. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I can just be the cool aunt who's mm. like, oh, I didn't know they weren't allowed to watch it. I got your back, kids. <laughs> Don't worry. You can watch Grease. <laughs> You're hey, only four. Hey, hey, kids, you want to watch Requiem for a Dream with no. your Aunt Kelly? A very cool and alternative. <laughs> Tell your friends. Uh, uh, okay, right. keep me from becoming that person. I will. I'll do my very, very best. Yeah, so that's it. Um, that's we'll it. be back, you know, with something. We'll be back with something. Likely it'll be The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I mean, you know, they might release another trailer. We might do something on that. So mm-hmm. we're all just kind of like waiting yeah. until handmaid's tale comes back so yeah, um, we it, hope you enjoyed this uh-huh if there's any other side project movies you'd be interested in us talking about we will consider it um yeah but no promises no promises i was busy. sick for a week and my life is a mess we're busy <laughs> and honestly josie and the pussycats and ever after i think are the two movies side movies that we mentioned the most i think legally blonde is another contender. i was actually thinking about legally blonde because i think about some line from that movie all the time <laughs> i can't even remember what it, it's something that jennifer coolidge says oh but like it just pops into my head constantly just bends and snaps into your head it's not yeah but it's ah, i don't know oh, well i think it's just how she says it's not even when she says i'm taking the dog dumbass but it's just the dumbass uh, <laughs> i think of anytime i have to focus up and get to work i think of that her study montage and the song that plays it it's like i'm not your average stepper girl i'm gonna save the world it's so perfect anyway so so maybe we'll do that i'm just saying we should change it from the spring (laughs) semester to the spring ovester and now i live in northern california (laughs) and it is not a joke yeah (laughs) no it really is not well and do you know warner doesn't even do his own laundry i know he has it taken out (laughs) I love you so much. <laughs> oh, I needed this so badly. I love you. All right. Uh, All right. And uh, be well. Take care of yourself. And as always, no lite, teba stardes, carborundorum. Dum, 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 dum.